listening to the Influencer Girl Lifestyle Podcast with Monica Woodhams. Influencer Girl Lifestyle is all about connecting you with top entrepreneurs, influencers, and celebrities who are sharing their secrets to living the influencer life behind the Instagram filters. So get ready to learn the ins and outs about influence, some girl talk, from dating to shopping for Gucci belts, and of course, the all-too-frequent debate over mimosas versus Bloody Marys at brunch. Here's your host and go-to for all things influencer lifestyle, Monica Woodhams. Hey, y'all. I'm here today with Megan DiVincenzo. She's the co-owner of The Sis Kiss, a stylish, unapologetic fashion brand run by Megan and her sister. They provide sassy and custom design jewelry and handbags for the everyday chic gal. So one sis, Marla, is an ex-teacher, and Megan herself is an ex-criminal defense attorney. So welcome, Megan, to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Of course. I'm excited to chat, too. I don't always get to chat with someone who is on the business and brand side of things, so I'm really excited to dive in. This is the hot mess side. (laughs) (laughs) So I like to kick it off with a little this or that. So are you ready for it? Totally. Okay, let's do it. So yoga or bar? Neither, for sure. (laughs) Is that an option? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I'm total uh, weightlifter. Um, yeah, that's weightlifting is my thing. Awesome. Tequila or wine? This is so much easier. Wine. <laughs> For sure. Are you like, oh, a red girl, white, either? Yeah, I'm, so I'm a red girl. And then we went to Italy this summer thinking I was going to drink up all the red wine. And now I'm turned on to all the amazing white wines. So oh. I'm... Yeah, I don't, I don't, I like it both. I don't discriminate. Nice. Love it. Yeah. Okay. Instagram posts or Instagram stories? <sighs> That's a tough question. So I prefer to watch stories as um, someone who's actually, you know, on Instagram, not myself as a brand. I go straight for stories because I like to see what people are doing during the day and it's not edited. Mm-hmm. Um I promote my products on stories, but I'm terrible about showing my face or talking to my audience because I guess there's always that fear, like, who really cares what I'm doing? So yeah. I do post things for me on stories, and I'm very good about posting, you know, on my page at least twice a day. Awesome. Awesome. Yep. So you're, like, pretty consistent about the actual, like, feed and... totally. I'm on a scheduled, I had an amazing brand manager, which we can get into later if you want. And, um, she taught me, you know, all the ins and outs and then twice a day and consistency and it's really paid off. Amazing. Love it. Okay. And so the next one is takeout or cooking. Okay. So I'm not allowed in the kitchen, (laughs) not at all. Like if I come, my husband comes home and the oven's on, he wants to know what's wrong. (laughs) And so he does all the cooking and he's amazing and he won't eat anything I even attempt to cook. So if those are my two options, definitely take them. <laughs> okay, perfect. And then the last one is leather jacket or a denim jacket. <sighs> I love both, but I'm going to go with leather. Okay. That is the more, the more popular answer on the is podcast. It? It I is. I have a feeling that the, I have a feeling that's going to start flipping because of all the mom jeans and the denim on denim. I know. I actually thought that it would start flipping sooner. Um, yeah. but no, the girls like their leather they jacket. Like, 
a little bit of an edge. Yep, exactly. I like it. Okay, so now let's dive into talking about the cis kiss. So how did this even like come to be? When did you and your sister decide, let's just go for it? So like, it's kind of a funny story, but she was teaching and I was still practicing law and we found bracelets that we really liked. So there was like a certain Bengal bracelet out, like the season of whatever, 2000 in. 13, let's just say. And we have very tiny wrists. And it's as simple as that. We were obsessed about these like bangle bracelets, couldn't find any that fit our wrists, they kept falling off. And my sister is super duper, like amazing at creating and she's a perfectionist. So I was like, Marla, you could totally, you know, you can make these. So we like, looked for tutorials, and we bought a bunch of wire and beads. And of course, she practiced and she made like the perfect bracelets. Um, so we started making them and then, well, she started making them. I didn't make anything. <laughs> it's kind of like the kitchen. I'm not allowed to touch the material. Yeah. Um, she started making them and our friends like started buying them and then they started buying them as gifts. Okay. So literally she was like sitting on her floor for hours and hours for so many, so many months making these bracelets. Um, and obviously we just got too busy and we started to outsource and now here we are. Yeah, that's amazing. I love when I hear stories about like how it started because you were solving a problem. I think a lot of people, you know, they know that they want to maybe start their own business, but then they're like, I don't know what to do. And I think that's such a good rule of thumb is to be like, okay, what problem that you're experiencing needs to be solved? I love that you say that because I've honestly never thought of it like that. Yeah. I mean, because it probably came so naturally to y'all. You were just like, all right, it's time for a bracelet to not fall off our wrist. I totally get it. I have tiny wrists too. Yeah. Well, girl, we'll hook you up. So you let us know. (laughs) No, I think that's just my mindset. Like, I'm like, well, I'll just, we'll just have it made or I'll just, like, I think I'm very just entrepreneurial like that. Mm -hmm. So to me, it just was simple. I'm like, well, I'll just buy the stuff and we're going to figure this out. And she just was like, okay, because she's really good at creating beautiful things. Yeah. I love that. So when it was time, you were getting really busy and you realized it was time to outsource. Was that scary for you to outsource or were you just like no brainer? Like we're at capacity. It just needs to happen. No total. I want to say a no brainer, but now that I'm like taking a pause to think. So my sister was like so busy doing it and you know, that becomes stressful when the orders become larger and she was doing it all by hand by herself. So I felt stressed for her and she was stressed and, you know, that's a lot of pressure. So it kind of, after I realized we came to that point, it was a no brainer. And then it was easy for me to make contacts. Um, I joined the boutique hub and I started making contacts. And then, you know, once I dive into something, it's like, okay, what's next? And I got the ball rolling. And then I took a lot of pressure off my sister and Mm -hmm. it gave us freed up so much time to create and design. Yeah. And from doing that, from the time you started outsourcing, freeing up more space for creativity and evolving, what what did start to evolve? What kind of changed and developed as you were able to spend more time on that side of things? Definitely designing. Um, I was so tired and I'm, you know, we're in this world of, you know, scrolling through Instagram or or shopping online or seeing a lot of girls in the same things. So <laughs> And that's actually how the bag collection started because I was literally walking to Starbucks in the shopping center one day and I'm like, 
it hit me like, why can't I pair a leopard with stripes? Or why can't I find, and there you go again, I was trying to solve a problem. Like yeah. in, in my head, which is always, always thrilling, I was like, why can't I find leopard print with stripes? And then I'm like, wait, why don't I just like make a bag, half of it be leopard print and half of it be stripes? <laughs> and I like literally got on the phone with uh, like somebody who had leather. And I'm like, hey, would you make me a few purses? And he was like, sure. Like he just took a chance on me. And I feel like it started evolving from there because I wanted to create something different. Yeah. And I think another lesson there is an inspiration that you just need to ask, like, don't assume that someone's going to turn you down. Don't because, you know, what I like to say is reach out to the person, ask, and if they can't help you, maybe see, like, can you point me in the right direction? You know, but so many people get hung up on asking. And I've also learned to give, you know, when I see Mm -hmm. other brands starting and they ask me a question, I'll give up, you know, the goods. Like, I don't know why they need to have a three-year period where they need to, like, you know, some people are like, they need to figure this stuff out on their own. I'm like, there's enough space for everybody to be successful. Um, So why make them look, you know, I don't know. And somebody's like, why are you telling me this? And I'm like, well, you asked, and I knew the information. (laughs) So I don't know. There's enough room for all of us. Absolutely. I completely agree with that. So at what point in your business did you realize how important it would be to start collaborating with influencers? Was that right from the get-go or? Oh my gosh, no. I didn't even think about it. Um, I was doing like shows and like sponsoring things and I don't, gosh, I don't even know why, but I have an influencer that I love and I reached out to her and you know, in her DM and she responded and I was like, Oh my gosh, she responded. Right. And then, (laughs) and then I didn't even know how it worked. You know, she was like, Hey, we have media kits and this is what I do for an exchange. And so I took a chance on it and I saw so much return (laughs) that I knew that I needed to start using that as my marketing tool. And then, you know, I listened to enough Gary B to know that, you know, the world is going to influencers right now and you've mm-hmm. got to evolve with where the attention is and the attention of where everybody is right now are influencers. So the influencers therefore need to be wearing my brand. Absolutely. So how do you decide what influencers to work with? How do you, do you, or what's even your process? So you go from saying, okay, I tried working with an influencer that worked really well. Let's keep doing this. So what happened next? Did you develop a strategy around it or did you continue to just reach out to influencers who you personally followed in life? Yeah, yeah, I did. I started like reaching out um, and then I realized some do better than others. And I don't mean do better. I mean, they're all, I have not had many bad experiences, so I don't mean some do better than others, but some, maybe their followers like my brand more than others. So right. it was like a trial and error. Um, but yeah, I started reaching out to ones that I liked. And now that I'm into the game a little bit more, I reach out to the ones that are authentic and who talk about the downfalls and the crappiness of their day. And mm. maybe they don't have a problem with the F word. <laughs> and <laughs> that's kind of where I've gone because I feel like, I feel like I realized like maybe a half a year ago, I need to know who my customer is more. So I like went on this like deep dive. So I want my influencers to have customers that are followers that are my customers. They're the system. Right. 
Right. So what's something that you, when it comes to working with an influencer, that when you're working with her, collaborating, what's something that really helps solidify that and being like a win-win for both of you? Because I think that that's something that a lot of influencers forget is that it's not just about them getting paid, them getting free products. Like it should be a mutually beneficial collaboration. So what do you think helps create that mutually beneficial collaboration? Well, one of the first things I try to say is like, what do you want from my line? Like if they agree Mm -hmm. and, and, and then I'm like, and they're like, well, what are you trying to promote? And I'm like, well, honestly, I'd rather you be wearing something that's authentic to you because what if you're going to wear it more than once? Not because you're being paid, but because you love it. Right. And I truly mean that. Like, I want you to love what I'm sending you. And I feel like that helps solidify our relationship sometimes because I feel like if they're wearing it in their everyday life and they're mentioning me here and there, awesome. Then I can repost their posts. And it's just it's just a constant trickle then because they really love what they're wearing because they love it. And every once in a while they're wearing it and they post it and then I repost it. It just seems like a no brainer to me. Yeah. And I'm sure it's also really, you know, encouraging from the brand standpoint, when you see them wearing it beyond maybe the collaboration period, like it's like everything was done, but then six months later you see that they're still wearing it. Nothing makes me happier because that's telling me they're wearing it because they love the product, not because I paid them. Right. And to me, that's that's like an authentic influencer because now their followers are getting a glimpse into what they really enjoy and what they like to put on and what is a fashion statement to them. Exactly. And I think that's what this industry is about. That's why this industry has become what it is today. And I always say the one thing that's going to kill this industry, if that were even possible, would be too many people just posting random stuff inauthentically because, you know, it's like anything else. It's like commercials. You know, we we can see right through a commercial, right? Right. The consumer is very hard to fool. I agree. And I'm learning that. (laughs) Which is why I think stories have been such an amazing addition to influencers. Yeah, it's so true. There's so many influencers who... When stories came to be, I was like, oh, my gosh, you're hilarious. Yes. Yes. And I love the ones that, like, are like, you know, I edited my post picture five times. But here's me, real life, no makeup, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, that makes me feel better about me. Right? You know, at 3 p.m. Yeah. I think stories are the best thing that that could have happened to this I need to do a better job. But you know what? You Because I'm a brand, you Mm -hmm. start to get this, like, does anyone really care what I'm doing? Because as a brand, you're you're a brand. You know, I'm not somebody that they're looking to for fashion advice per Mm -hmm. se, or maybe, like, what I'm wearing that day. So it's like, I don't just jump on because, I don't know, I should more. Yeah. (laughs) I think people people like the behind the scenes, no matter what. I do, too. So... What advice do you have for an influencer if they're doing their very first brand partnership? What would be like that one piece of advice that you're like, okay, here, this is going to help you guide you through what's to come? Well, I really like when they reach out to me and they have like a little understanding of my brand. And even Mm -hmm. if they're like, if they don't need to, they don't need to like draft like a formal email because I'm so not formal but like the fact that they get like some girls are just like oh my god I love this eek and they get like 
the authentic excitedness. Like, yeah. If, and if they're like, I love the necklace so much, I know my followers will. And I feel like that seems very authentic rather than mm-hmm. just here's my rates, blah, blah, blah. But no, I've found that my experiences have been really positive. Yeah. I, I feel like that a lot of them try to dive into the brand before they request, you know, a collaboration. Right. And I think that that's an important piece to remember is, you know, it's not about sending the mass copy paste email. And yeah. when you are pitching a brand, it's going to be really easy to pitch yourself to them if it's aligned with what you love because it's like literally you're sending a text to a friend because you discovered this new necklace and you're like, Oh my gosh, I just found the cutest necklace. Like you have to look at this link. You know, it can be that easy. I totally agree. And I actually had one reach out to me the other day and her friend was pregnant. She's like, I want to buy your gift from your store. And I didn't even know she was an influencer. And then she's like, I'd love to do one for myself and promote you. And I'm like, Oh, you know, like she didn't even mention it. She didn't, it was just, it was so nice that she bought a gift for her friend from us first. And then we, we formed a relationship. Yeah. And that's what it's about. I think when in the early days, it was very much, you know, the big brand sending free product left and right. But now, you know, it has shifted to the influencer reaching out to the brand and then establishing that long-term relationship. I agree. And that's how I do things with my life. Like if you're in my life, you're in my life. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I don't have a whole lot of people just hanging around on the outskirts. Right. To me, that's how I feel about influencers. You know, I talk to a lot of them on the regular on the DM and Mm -hmm. I've met a lot of friends and it's, I think it's amazing when they can post something and be like, my good friend over at the Cisco sent me this because it's so personal and it's true. Yeah. I love it. Is there ever a red flag that you've seen and you're like, okay, this might not be a good fit. Hmm. Yeah. Especially, I mean, I don't know our product catalog. We do, you know, I'm big about being very authentic. So mm-hmm. some of our products have cuss words, which my mom dislikes, but <laughs> you know, I want to make sure that their followers are in, in line with my, theory. Right. My theory isn't that you need to cuss. My theory is be yourself. And yeah. That's really, so no, my only red flag is if they seem not themselves. If they're not authentic, I really don't want to work with them. Yeah. And I mean, and I'm sure in some way, like they kind of like don't necessarily like see themselves as the bit better, the best fit for you either. You know, like if someone's True. not being authentic, like something's not in alignment with what it is that's going on. So like, it's like they need to check in first and then see what brands they really should be reaching out to. True. Very true. Yeah. And like a lot of them, a red flag, like I watch a lot of the stories, like I said, and Mm -hmm. I I have like a favorite influencer I work with and she's hilarious on her stories. And I'm like, you know, she's engaging. So you got to engage with your audience or they're not going to listen to anything you're saying anyway. Oh my gosh. It's, it's so true. So much more than just putting a Siskis necklace on. Like there's gotta be, you know, they always like, you know, it's always funny. They're like, do you want to post for a story? Cause the stories are sometimes cheaper. And I'm like, always a story because you're engaging. I don't care that it's fleeting. It doesn't, right. you're for that 24 hours that is posted. That's a 24 hours of engagement. Your one post is just, you know, beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. And it lives longer, but in a way, 
you know, it's like we there's so much going on that even though it's there forever, people aren't necessarily like scrolling that far back anymore like they used to. Totally agree with you. Yeah. And stories are just, you know, from there for analytics, I'm sure, too, it can be really interesting because you can see how many people responded to them about it. And yeah, so that I mean, you kind of get almost more information than through a post, I would think. I totally agree. I love that. So when it comes to brands who want to start working with influencers, what would you say is maybe a lesson that you learned maybe the hard way when it came to doing that? Working with the, influ- with the influencers? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ugh. I would say something I've learned the hard way is just because they have a high rate doesn't mean they have a high success rate. You know, you get yeah. a, a bunch of media kits and you're like, oh, the, you know, or followers. Oh, here's a good one. Here's my hard learned, uh, oh my gosh, hard earned lesson. I had an influencer that I worked with. She had a ton of followers and a ton of likes on her photos. So, you know, you're thinking, and I followed her for quite some time. She's really adorable and whatever. So what I learned though, is I don't think her followers were real followers. Mm. So you, I started paying attention like after that, you know, you can tell like when the likes are from a pod or from Mm -hmm. something else. So that was something I learned the hard way, but I think that that just took a little bit of me stopping and recognizing what was really happening. Right. And I think that that's a really interesting thing to discuss because there, I think it's no secret, obviously, that a lot of influencers bought their followers at some point in time. Um, you know, there's some really big, big influencers who have posted about it and been honest. Like back in the day, I did do it because I just thought I thought that was okay. Maybe I wouldn't have done it looking back. And so, you know, we all learn and figure these things out as we're going. Right. But that being said, I do agree with you. I'm seeing a shift, especially when I work with brands where they don't ask me about my followers. They ask me about my engagement rate. Right. Well, that makes sense now. And now that's Mm -hmm. something I learned. And and there's such a difference. Yeah, totally. And I don't know if brands know that. So I think that was definitely something that I learned the hard way. Yeah, I I would say I agree with that, especially, you know, when you're first starting out. Like you said, like, it's easy to think, okay, this person has 50,000 followers. I'm sure they're reaching so many people. And it's like, maybe not, because if those followers aren't engaged, then chances are that picture on the feed isn't really showing up on a lot of these people's accounts. Yep. So there's just so much to that. And I think that also gives hope to the influencers who do have a smaller um, yes. number, but yes. a really engaged audience. It kind of gives you hope. I agree with that a hundred percent. And I'm like, just keep going. Mm-hmm. Like, keep going. It's just consistency. And and the number doesn't always matter. Right. Exactly. I I honestly don't feel like, you know, I follow a lot of big girls and I know I'm not an influencer, but as a brand, you get caught up in how many followers you have. Mm -hmm. And I've been at this for a long time. And for me to just hit 20 soon, I'm pretty excited. But my point is that's nothing compared to a lot of people, but you know what? I'm like, it's okay. Yeah. 
if it's converting into sales, then people are watching. Right, exactly. And so that kind of uh, ties to my follow-up question, which was as a brand and getting, you know, if you get caught up in the followers the same way that an influencer would um, and how you kind of ground yourself at the end of the day and be like, no, we are a successful business. It doesn't. Like we could be just as successful even with 5,000 followers than 20. Yes, I totally agree. And I think like just being okay with that Mm -hmm. because I don't focus on it. I don't have time to focus on it. I really don't. Like I I don't know who's following me, who's unfollowing me, how many followers I've lost in a day. Like I I just can't worry about it. And, And I just move forward with the fact that consistency is king. Keep working hard. and you'll get there. Totally. Totally. And I think though that, I mean, that's just one of those lessons that ties to any industry, any job, any career path, but is so hard for us to remember when we're like in it. I no, I totally agree. And it's not like I don't have my weekdays, but most Mm -hmm. days I'm too busy to notice, to be honest. Yeah. Definitely. And I think that that's the sign of like, I was actually telling my friend yesterday, we were talking about how um, someone was telling her to, uh, or someone was telling her friend to post about her business like, like four times a day in 12 different Facebook groups and all these things. And we were kind of both like, I mean, someone who has the time to do that probably isn't like, doing well in business because they have time to like, you know, like they're not working with clients clearly because right. if you're working with clients all day, you wouldn't be like in 20,000 Facebook groups. Right now. I do think there's something to be said about like keeping your engagement rate, like commenting, yes. responding, especially, yes. especially for me. Cause people have questions like, how long is this? And right. Yes. But, but no, I, I can't keep up with that. And I will give like a little side note. Um, I'm sure you know who the skinny confidential is. Yes. She is my like be all everything and she's amazing to her followers and she does answer DMs and yeah, she, does. she answered my DM one day. Cause I was like, we were talking about business somehow. And she's like, my biggest advice for you is to focus on your customers, not yeah. the influencers, not any like commenting on people that don't matter. She's like, focus on your customer. And she really made me step back and be like, she's so right. Like, I don't need to waste my time. Like, making sure my relationships with everybody else is cool. And like that I'm commenting about how great their sweater is. I need to be checking in with my customers and seeing how they are. And how did you like your product? And I literally like made a switch and I thought, okay, my engagement rate's going to drop off because I'm not like doing all these things that I used to be doing, but no, it just became busier and busier and busier. Yeah. Obviously she's like the brand God of the world. So (laughs) If she says it, I think it's true. No, and I think that that makes so much sense. And I think we can tie that to the influencer side of things as well and take that advice because if you can nurture and really like build a community around who you already have, then first of all, they're going to probably start converting more for you. Like when it comes to like if you post a sweater or a bag, you know, like because they're going to be more loyal to you. And then you know, they'll take care of bringing new people your way because they'll, yeah. And then, you know, you're getting good quality people as opposed to, you know, randomly 
liking random yes. people's photos and crossing your fingers, you're going to hit an extra thousand follower mark and they're not going to be engaged. So I totally agree. And I love the way you said that. Yeah. Like you're, so really you're just making me think right now. <laughs> <laughs> I love that concept of like, if you had one follower, but you need to make sure that one follower is super happy. And yeah. then that one follower is two followers and it's just the laws of numbers. Absolutely. Exactly. I love it. So when it comes to, you know, being, having a brand and running a business unapologetically, living your life unapologetically, has that been something that always comes naturally to you? Or is that something that you developed over time? Unfortunately, it's, it's very natural to me. <laughs> um, I've always kind of been that girl, like, yeah, buck the system or I don't know. I always like to stand up for the people that were getting shit on. And that to me is just being yourself. Like I just never cared what anybody else thought. I love that. I love that. And you did mention that you have a son. And so as a mom, how do you kind of translate that to um, your son and, you know, being a mom and being unapologetically mom. Cause I, so I'm at the age, I'm 28. All my best friends now have kids. Yeah. Um, and so it's been really interesting to watch just, you know, how they're shifting gears and really just like starting to explore, okay, what does it mean for me to be a mom and how I show up in the world without losing myself? Well, that's what, that's probably the hardest question you're going to ask me. Um, so <laughs> I have a son and I have a daughter, but okay. my son, um, he's very hard on himself and he cares very much. So what people think, um, he was a kind of a perfectionist and he wants to make people happy and that's great. Mm -hmm. And he's a great kid. And I don't go out of my way to make people unhappy per se. I mean, I hope that I right. come across yeah. that way, but right. when he gets like super upset because he thinks someone's going to make fun of his socks or something like that, I'm like, Leo, it's, it's no worries. Like you don't, don't you just be you and be kind and, and people will be in return. And he's always worrying what other people are thinking. And to me as a mom, it's so frustrating <laughs> because <laughs> I can't change him just like you couldn't change me. You mm -hmm. couldn't tell me to all of a sudden be somebody else other than me. Right. So it's hard because that's just not who he is. Mm -hmm. And I really try to like tell him, you know, what you can do is guide them and they're going to be who they are, but you can only do the best you can do. My mom is completely different than me. You know, she's, mm -hmm. she would never cuss or, you know, she cares what people think. She, she's a, an amazing woman who people love. And I think sometimes she would prefer that I didn't swear. <laughs> and <laughs> I did care a little bit more what people think just so I'd be a little bit more reserved. But the, the nice thing is she lets me be me. And yeah. so all I can do for my son is to let him be who he is and guide him to make him mm -hmm. the best him that he is. Absolutely. I love that so much. And I think that that's just like such a reminder that at any age, you know, we all kind of need to be reminded of that, that it's okay to just be unapologetically ourselves, whether it comes to being a mom and showing that for your children or, you know, us dating and yes. not feeling like you need to like be Change. who he thinks you should be. Oh my gosh. Well, I was just having this conversation with a friend. She's like, I feel like I need to like break out 
from my husband because he wants me to do like everything he likes. And I will tell anybody like that is the number one reason I love my husband. Like he lets me be me all of the time. I'm like, he doesn't. Yeah. Sometimes he'll shake his head and, you know, roll his eyes. But he, <laughs> I, I think, I honest to God, I think I fell in love with him because he let me be who I was with no, you know, there was no strings attached. He was mm-hmm. like, you do you, and I love you for you. And he's amazing. I love that. I love but, that. But, you know, I don't think I would be where I am if it weren't for people who let me be who I want to be. Exactly. My sister is my partner, and she's the complete opposite of me. <laughs> so, and I let her be her, and she lets me be, be me, and then, and then there's no fighting. Yeah. Well, and I think that that's such a cool thing to think about that if we not only, you know, ask to surround ourselves from people to encourage us to be ourselves, but if we can be that person for someone else, sure. then that does become the ripple effect. Well, and then people are comfortable around you because mm-hmm. I don't want you to change. Like, you know, I don't talk about politics and religion, but I think everyone has their own opinion for their own reasons. Right. And, right. And that's, and that's you. You do you. And you have a reason and I'm sure it's a good one. And, yeah. and I'll do me. <laughs> so <laughs> I just don't want to judge people based on those things. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that that, you know, sometimes can be hard in the online space because you're just yes. like, getting so stimulated with so much of like, this is what you should be doing. This is what you shouldn't be doing. Um, So for someone who, you know, they are getting kind of caught up with like, let's say they they do want to start their own company, their own brand, but Mm -hmm. they're getting frozen on taking action because of just, you know, how much is going on in the online space. What, what would you say to them? You mean like frozen because there's because they're like overwhelmed with the shoulds and shouldn'ts. Yeah, yeah. It, it's so hard for me to give advice because it's so easy to me. You know. Yeah. I like there's space for everybody and like, yeah, you just do it. Like for me, it's just a no brainer. You just do whatever if that's what you want to do, you do it, and mm-hmm. you just consistent at it. If you're frozen. I, I always like say like people take so much time to think about a project. Like, no, just do the project. Just rip off the band-aid. You do. And then you're going to figure it out. I mean, yeah. I didn't know what I was doing. I remember my very first wholesale to a boutique. I didn't know mm-hmm. anything. I just knew to bring the champagne because it was my first deal. And yeah. after that, I figured it out. And if I would have said, no, you, you know, I don't want to wholesale to you because I need time to figure out my spreadsheet. Right. Where, where would that have gotten me? Right. No, it's so true. I mean, when I launched my podcast and I will like get questions from people about starting their own podcasts and um, they'll ask me about how I knew like a Monday. I don't even remember the day of the week that I launched, but let's say it was a Monday. They're like, how did you decide Monday? And I'm like, <laughs> I literally just thought, okay, I just need to get this out there. <laughs> You're like, you're like, I wish I had a better answer, but yeah. So then I tell people like, if Tuesday feels really good to you, just do it on Tuesday. I totally agree. Like there's always going to be something to figure out. I mean, you're never going to figure it out. Like to this day, I am constantly putting out fires, like fires, fires, fires. Um, and it's not because of lack of preparation. It's because new things pop up all day long. Things that I've never dealt with before. Things that my new employees never dealt with before. So it doesn't matter what it is. Just jump in. Yeah. 
Exactly. So don't get frozen. That's my advice. Yes. There's no need to get frozen because, you know, this is your one life. Live it. Yeah. I really believe that there are no mistakes. Like every step that you take, I mean, even if you're like, okay, let's use um, the podcast again for the example. Let's say you launch a podcast and then two weeks in you realize I hate podcasting. It's okay. There's no mistake. If anything, you learned that you hate it instead of having this thought for five years. Yes. Oh, I wish I could watch. Yes. And then you get it out of your head and you move towards something that you love because you have time to figure that out. Exactly. No, I totally agree. Like totally. You know, before I started the Soskis, I was trying to start a dry bar, like, you know, Mm -hmm. And the loan fell through, and I was devastated. But, oh, my God, I don't want a dry bar. Yeah. <laughs> like, looking yeah. back, I'm like, I don't I don't want a dry bar. I don't want to go to a place of business every day. I don't want a brick and mortar. I love the mm-hmm. flexibility of my job. I'm with my children. I can pick up my kids at, you know, their play dates, and I don't want a dry bar. So yeah. that mistake was amazing. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's oh, such a good reminder. Yeah. So what is coming up next for you and the Sis Kiss? What are you excited about for the rest of 2018? Oh my gosh. Oh, crazy Christmas. <laughs> so definitely Christmas sales. Um, and just Christmas in general, like my sister and I love Christmas. So Christmas time is always a fun time for us. Um, it does get a little hectic, but what I'm really looking forward to, I've, I've just, we hired a new employee. I have an intern. Um, I have new friendships this year that are amazing in the business. So it's like, I'm excited because I feel like I have the right people in my life at the right time to make Mm -hmm. things happen and make things happen like smoothly. So yeah. And I think it's, it's like, it is surrounding yourself with the right people. And not only are these people like good to me in my business, but they're friends of mine and I would have it no other way. So I just feel like I'm in a really good spot with my business in the flow. It is a little busier than I, I can handle at the time, but my point is like we're allocating. Mm-hmm. And I think once everything's allocated and everything's like set up properly, it's going to start running, running like a machine. And, and I don't mean like a machine, like I don't want to be a Walmart, but right, right. I just want things to be, I want my customers to have things fast and mm-hmm. with no issues. And, and that's what I mean by a machine. Right. Oh, I love that. So you do have something special for the listeners as well. I do. I have a coupon code for them. Um, Oh, gosh. I set it up in my my website already. You're going to have to put it in your notes unless you want me to look. Yes. No. So it's Influencer Girl 15. So that'll go in the show notes. So get excited, y'all. And I mean, what? I mean, this is perfect timing because... I mean, I am a believer that you should also do holiday shopping for yourself. <laughs> so. I mean, yeah, of course. I, you know, hey, I wear a lot of my stuff and everybody else's stuff too. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. I'll definitely put that in the show notes along with the link, but where else can everyone find you? Okay. Uh, is Instagram where you hang out the most? Yes. Yes, I hang out on Instagram the most, and you cannot find me on stories. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> you won't find my face on stories very often, but Instagram, Facebook. I also have a VIP group, which I love because it gives me a chance to like talk to my customers. Oh, awesome. I do giveaways, and I do um, special coupon codes in my VIP um, Facebook page, so... We'd love, love to have it. everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And then if anyone is like, 
oh, I love your stuff. We should collaborate. Would you say just have them slide into your DMs on Instagram? Yeah, I'm, I'm really bad about email. I'm going to put that out there. Okay. <laughs> so no I email. A, I have a good friend who's like, you need to get better on your emails. And I'm like, it's just not who I am. It's like, <laughs> it's like too corporate for me. I know. Um, I know. So yeah, I'm pretty good on my DMs, which I know a lot of influencers are the other way around. But yeah, anybody can slide into my DMs and I love checking out people that, you know, I'm honored when people do that. I'm, yeah. I'm, it means they love your stuff. I mean, that's great. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Megan. This was so much fun to chat and there's so many great nuggets in here. I'm really excited to get it out there. Um, thank you so much. I had so much fun. Thanks for listening to the Influencer Girl Lifestyle. Love this episode? Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. For show notes and free resources on living out your influencer lifestyle, head over to monicawoodhams.com forward slash podcast.